This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Because I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. TNT. I'm a power load. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K. Show. It is Tuesday evening, 6 p.m. on the left coast. And I am live and local right here in the studios of KCBQ AM 1170. And sharing the booth with me, the studios tonight, is none other than DJ Carrot Sticks. I'm an F-18, bro. <laughs> I have no idea where he's going to be going with the bumper music tonight, but we'll have to see where that goes from here. Hey, I have no idea. We got so much to cram into the show tonight. I have no idea where that's going to go. It's all about health kind of tonight, I guess. I was looking at the topics. We got to, to discuss the health of the economy. Trump gave an important, brilliant speech, I thought, yesterday on the, the state of the economy. It is sick. It is worse than anemic, and he's got a plan to boost it back up to some health. We're going to talk about that. I've got Al Arias, who's going to be on the show in a little bit to talk about the tax aspect of it. We got Julie Mills Brennan is going to be with me to talk about the real estate because home ownership was a factor in the speech. So they're going to be tuning in for that. We got to talk about the health of one Hillary Clinton. What's going on there? Uh, we've also got the health of a nation we're going to be talking about just in general and the health of even an Iranian scientist who ended up being executed. There's a lot going on with that story. Matthew uh, Boyle from Breitbart is going to be here to talk to me about that, as well as the health of the Paul Nalen challenge against none other than Paul Ryan. So he's going to be here for that. And if you're just tuning in, this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. I was asked on Sunday night uh, when I was at KUSI here locally, uh, I was asked what I wanted to hear Trump say when he gave his economic speech on Monday. And I said, first of all, I wanted Trump to do what Mitt Romney should have done instinctively, brilliantly, every moment he got to the microphone in 2012, because this was a man who was self-made in spite of what was said. He was a self-made, uh, incredibly successful businessman. And not only was he not able to articulate the beauty, the uh, amazing, brilliant idea our founders had for a free market system, not only was he not able to articulate it, he actually ended up, uh, you know, apologizing for it and shrinking and actually fostering and enabling the left and their demonization of the free market system, which is a system that has provided the greatest level of prosperity for the greatest number of people around the world, not just our small country, and our small population and our baby little country in age compared to the rest of the world, but citizens all around the world, because we feed the rest of the world. We take care of the rest of the world. So I wanted Trump and we've got American citizens right now that that don't know that that hate the free market system. Thirty thousand people showing up at rallies for a socialist that, that don't appreciate the free market system because the left has successfully churned out now generations of Americans who were taught they've had the school system in the media and they're indoctrinating these people into hating the free market system and thinking it's terrible because they're not being taught history. I saw 
on Friday evening, I think it was, a very well-known young American journalist discussing the upcoming economic speech Trump was going to give, in which I think it was with Maria Bartiromo, and she was like, "Are, are you, do you realize you're really talking about giving more and more? Because Hillary's plan is really clear. She wants to increase taxes out the yin-yang on everybody, including the middle class. She said that that was kind of a slip. She short-circuited it. But taxes are going to be raised on absolutely everybody. This young gal's asked about it, and she says, well, you know what? I'm just not really very good with my money, so I'm okay with giving it to Hillary Clinton and letting her spend it for me. That's what we're up against in this country. That I have been asking for months now how do how we must find during the entire primary season. I said, we've got to have somebody who can articulate the value of the free market system, which means individual liberty, but individual responsibility. It means opportunity, not entitlement. It means it, it, what our founders thought it meant that if you you can dream it. The opportunity is there for you to achieve anything you want as long as you're willing to work hard enough for it and be willing to risk it, not expect anything to be given to you. Trump didn't really go there. What he did do is he laid out some really, really important points. I wished he'd educated Americans a little bit more. There's still time to do that. And he really needs to do that because we aren't doing it in the schools. First lesson in economics. It was handed to me on a slip of paper when I was when I switched from political science to business. T N S T A A F L. There's no such thing as a free lunch. That should be that should be in every economic speech he gives, because Hillary's promising free, and there's no such thing as free. The government has no money. Every dollar it spends, no matter where it's being spent, was taken from a citizen who worked hard and earned it. There's no such thing as free college. There's no such thing as free health care. There's no such thing as free, at least not in a free society. And now there's idiots like that girl who's willing to give up her freedom because she doesn't really understand how far it can go. She really doesn't see that we can end up being Venezuela where we're, where we're, we're going after people's pets for food and nobody has any toilet tissue. But that's exactly where it can end up. Let's get into some of the things that I do think that he he spoke really well. He talked about regulations. I loved, here's what, what was the highlight for me. I loved how he talked about announcing an immediate moratorium on regulations. He explained that 400 new regulations, just, just new, because there's thousands of thousands that Obama came out with, $100 million each. And he explained that these are hidden taxes and a lead weight on the economy. But still, we're dealing with idiots like that girl. Who, do, who don't know even know what a regulation is. You got to explain it. You got to dummy it down to where even a liberal can understand it. In states like California, you can't even have a lemonade stand, at least not legally, without getting a permit. What's a permit? It's asking permission of the government to be able to set up business. And when you have to go and ask for permission to cost money, which is really what, a, what the whole thing's about anyway, it's a way to get money from the citizen, and give it to a government. So then if you have to go and get a permit to do anything, most people aren't going to bother with it, or maybe they don't have the money to do it. So they're not going to set up shop. And usually when you got a lemonade stand, you got a two or three little kids there. So what's going to happen then if somebody doesn't have the money to go and get that permit, or they just don't have the energy to do it, or they don't have enough desire, because they, they didn't realize it was going to be that difficult, they just don't set up the lemonade stand that day. So then the other three kids that might have had a job that day aren't going to get a gig. In its most simplest form, that's what's going on. But then you magnify it out by the EPA regulations, the employment regulations that are coming down. Like one thing that Trump talked about was the auto, automobile industry would be in 25, would be 25% bigger 
now if it hadn't been for all the regulations coming out of the 80s. And those regulations, not only have they cost us jobs in manufacturing and, and money here in the States, they've cost lives. Because what also happens, these regulations are never about helping anybody that they say that they're about. Cafe standards, now we got people dying in far more automobile deaths because we're rolling around on the freeways going 80 miles an hour in plastic. So he talked about that, which was great. He, the best line of the whole thing was when he said this 5% unemployment rate is the greatest hoax that has been in modern political history. When we have 90 million Americans out of 300 not working, there's no 5%. Why do we even have Republicans repeating that in primaries? Why do we have anybody who says that they are even remotely intellectually honest when it comes to anything in in media today, even on Fox, they're still repeating that 5%. That is a lie. It is a hoax. And and thank goodness that Trump is out there speaking the truth to that. He didn't get into the entitlements. And that's an area where we got to get into because when we get to 51% or takers, over 49% makers, we are done. And I got a little bit squeamish about it when you start talking about home ownership is down to 1965 levels. Because you know what? This push, this mindset that everybody has a right in this country, a right to health care, a right to own a home, a right, a right to this, a right to that. That's partly why we are where we are economically. So somehow along the way, we've got to retrain the American people into how they're thinking. Are these new people coming up to have them understand there is no such thing as free? These entitlement programs are not what this country is about. It's not what created the greatest system in the world for the greatest number of people to have prosperity. We've got to we've got to jumpstart this economy, get it back to a four percent growth rate. That has to happen with lowering taxes. It's not their money that they're allowing us to keep. It's our money. They don't have a right to take it. We've got to ease off these regulations. I loved how he repealed the death tax. Why in the world should this government have have the right to come and pick our pockets just because we've died on money we've already been taxed on? And I also love that he talked about the um, deductions for all childcare expenses. So I'm going to talk to Al Arias in a little bit and get into some of the nits on the taxes because that seems to be the centerpiece of it. And um, I actually thought it was an absolutely great plan. And um, then, like I said, we're going to talk to Julie Mills also about the real estate aspect of that. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to shift gears and we're going to go over to Wisconsin because my buddy Matthew Boyle from Breitbart is actually on the ground at the Nayland campaign election night event. So stay tuned. More of the Andrea K Show on the other side of the break. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Hi, my name is Kalyan Pokola, and I'm the owner and founder of Pokola Law. My law firm separates itself from the pack by catering exclusively to small business owners and providing them with that personal touch that they deserve. When you call me, you get me, not an associate or a secretary, just me. From incorporating your business to drafting contracts, helping you bring on a partner or two, trademarking and copywriting your work, and even litigation if it's absolutely necessary to protect your business's interests, Pokola Law can be your one-stop shop for all of your small business's legal needs. Schedule your initial consultation today and mention that you heard me on AM 1170, and I'll 
credit our first meeting toward any legal work we've discussed. You can reach me by phone at 844-695-1487 or at pokalalaw.com, P-O-K-A-L-A law.com. The information contained herein is for information purposes only and should not be misconstrued as legal advice on any subject matter and does not create an attorney-client relationship. For your consultation, call 844-695-1487 or visit pokalalaw.com. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. I came in like a Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me, and I'm super excited to have my next guest with me. You know, he's a friend of The Andrea K Show. He's been in, on the show quite a bit, and he's actually calling in from Janesville, Wisconsin. I didn't even know what Janesville was, um, but that's actually the hometown of Paul Ryan in Wisconsin. we got a big event going on there, don't we, Matthew? Welcome back, Matt Boyle, to the Andrea K. Show. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is more probably one of the bigger elections of the year where we've got the sitting Speaker of the House facing for the first time in 18 years. Paul Ryan's been a career politician in Washington for nearly two decades. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a, uh, a serious contested uh, primary challenge. The polls literally just closed about 15 minutes ago, mm-hmm. and so we haven't had any results come in yet. But nothing uh, from the exit polls. Know, no early exit poll results. No, there's no exit polls in in a, in, a, in a congressional primary like this. They usually don't okay. do exit polls. It's pretty expensive for news organizations to do that. Well, so, but I'm uh, hearing I'm hearing that there's some disrupting from the nailing people on the ground at the polling places there. Y'all getting all like um, y'all getting all gangsta? No, I mean, look, you get you get you hear reports like that kind of stuff at any election, you know, whether it be a congressional primary or a presidential general election, right? There's mm-hmm. always kind of you know all sorts of different reports like that. But the big thing that we've seen here over the past week, I spent the last week covering this race here in Wisconsin, is that the 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 Speaker of the House, who who is uh, antithetical to Donald Trump's agenda, mm-hmm. the Donald Trump's nationalist populism. Uh, has has essentially been brought to his knees. He's been forced to bow down before nationalist populism. Yesterday, I followed the speaker around here in uh, in uh, in Wisconsin on the other side of the district, over just south of Milwaukee, in in Racine was in Racine, Wisconsin, and uh, the speaker was forced to uh, acknowledge the fact that people are losing their jobs due to these globalist trade deals that he supports, mm-hmm. uh, as well as, you know, the, the influx of mass migration. Uh, and, and, and that America needs to do a better job in, its, uh, uh, in, in, in getting its uh, uh, negotiating its position on the world stage. Well, that he must have been that, his own position. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, excuse me for interrupting, that that must have been harder for him to, to choke down than Trump when he was forced to uh, endorse uh, Ryan. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I it, love, was, it was definitely rough. Yeah. I love what Nalen said. Uh, he said that Ryan is a soulless globalist. A snake, and we we smoked him out of the hole. I love how Nalen talks. See, Nalen reminds me so much of Trump. You know, I love. The, I'm hoping he snaked him out of a job. Although I don't, I don't really know what what, what was the what's the likelihood that he's going to win. Look, I'd say you're facing really long odds if it's going to happen. We'll find out in minutes, really, uh, where where things are and how close it's really going to be. Well, then I'm going to keep uh, you on the but- phone till I can get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, here's the deal. Um, it's it's definitely a close race, um, uh, and it has been up until now. The Speaker of the House 
traditionally never has to actually campaign mm-hmm. for uh, in their district in a primary. Usually it's just a cakewalk to walk right back in and, and then in the general, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, this, is, this is abnormal. This has changed politics, uh, regardless of what happens tonight. Uh, Paul Nealon has forced has forced Paul Ryan to uh, I mean, Paul Nealon single handedly, this guy, this water filtration vice uh, company vice president has forced Paul Ryan to kill the Trans-Pacific Partnership once and for all. It cannot be brought up this year under the promises that Speaker Ryan had to make to the voters of the Wisconsin's first congressional district. Uh, thanks to the challenge from uh, from, you know, this outsider businessman, Paul Nealon. So if nothing else. Paul Nealon, this, this, you know, guy who's never really been involved in politics before in his life until just a few months ago, has been a businessman in the private sector, has single-handedly killed uh, more of President Barack Obama's agenda than Paul Ryan has in eight, years, uh, in eight years of the Obama administration and done more for the country than Paul Ryan did, it has done in 18 years in Congress. Awesome. I mean, that is absolutely incredible because I did a, a whole show one time on the t- uh, last September on the TPP. It is a jobs killer. It is... The just the one aspect alone of the of the international courts that our businesses come under and it, the exportation of our legal rights, our, our free market system was at stake. And that was a, a, a something that Trump talked about. If you're just tuning in, this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. And I'm talking to Matthew Boyle from Breitbart. In fact, I liked your article that you wrote um, uh, about uh, Ann Coulter and her speech that she gave. And, and um, in the, I don't know if she said this or you that Ryan supports the Trans-Pacific Partnership so that any job that hasn't already been shipped to Mexico can be sent to Asia. He supports the DREAM Act or no child, uh, leave no child in Mexico or Central America behind. And she went on, basically this was actually even more an indictment, not just of Ryan to me, but actually the entire GOP establishment. Because when she talks about, we got to see what the Koch brothers want. And, you know, um, they pretend they're going to fight for you, but then they don't. Your jobs will still get outsourced. There's still foreigners coming in that you have to train for your job. You're still blocked out of college by affirmative action for immigrants. I mean, I thought it was absolutely scathing and brilliant. And um, so I ask everybody to go and read that. Shifting gears real quick. Hillary Clinton and her health. A lot of speculation going on there. A lot of medical experts are saying that basically what it looks like to them is that she's suffering um, post-seizure type of um, like real serious stuff going on here, that they're thinking that she's got seizures maybe from the post-concussion situation. What's the scuttlebutt? What are you hearing about this? Yeah, look, uh, we don't necessarily really know. We know that Hillary Clinton's doctor, who's a you know hardcore progressive leftist just like her, cleared her and said she's you know fit as a whistle and oh, she's okay. ready to serve as president. Okay, no story. But ultimately, right? But ultimately, here here's the deal, right? Like we what we really need to see here is Hillary Clinton's medical records. I really do think uh, that she's got to be transparent about this. Quite clearly, she's had a number of instances over the past several years where she has had, you know, problems walking upstairs. She's fell. Uh, she fell up the stairs of an airplane. She had problems uh, earlier this year where staffers had to help carry her up airplanes. She seems to have some, you know, I guess some weird ticks or whatever. I, and, yeah, and facial look, stuff going on that's really kind of scary. Stuff. Yeah. But you know what this comes down to? This is an example where the mainstream media, which has regular access to her, and they interview her and her campaign surrogates all the time. They need to ask these questions because the American people need to know. This is very important. If you are going to be president of the United States, you, that, that you are president of the United States, 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for the full term that you're elected for, which is four years and then potentially eight if you're reelected. If Hillary Clinton can't personally handle that, if she's unable physically to do that job 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, then I think the voters of the country need to know that. And it's on her, it's on Hillary Clinton to prove to the United States that she is capable of, of doing that. And it's on the media to uh, demand those answers out of her. Right. I so think it's far. We at this stage of the game, we we are at, at best, at best, we are uncertain whether or not she is capable of doing the job, if she's able to do it. And that is so important. We need to get these answers. Absolutely. I mean, John McCain was practically cavity searched to look for melanoma because the man had had, you know, melanoma years in the past. And we're, we're supposed to overlook facial tics and apparent seizures and an inability to climb three stairs. I mean, come on. If, if Trump has to release his taxes at some point, her medical records absolutely need to be passed. In the f- few minutes that I have left with you, I'm talking to Matthew Bull for Breitbart. The, I'm kind of confused over this uh, Iranian scientist who got executed story. Um, it, cause mm-hmm. it's very confusing to me because I, I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, it looks as though he was a CIA operative who was giving us information, was going to be paid to give us information. And then for some reason, he decided to go back to Iran. There's speculation that it's because he was threatened. His family was threatened. Of course, he goes back there. He gets executed. In the meantime, her emails get released in which this man was mentioned. There's no direct connection between the emails and his execution. But I mean, you know, we all know that two plus two equals four. In either case, to me, the very fact that we're even discussing whether or not a secretary of state's emails somehow contributed mm-hmm. to the death of, a, of someone who was an informant to us makes her completely... Uh, unqualified. I mean, we've got these 50 plus GOP supposed high level security guys coming out saying Trump, you know, is is isn't qualified to handle national security when we've got this going on. Well, look, yeah, no, look, here's the deal. I don't know all the specifics on the on this specific instance, but it's quite clear. Our reporters have documented it over and over again, Andrea, that 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 uh, Hillary Clinton revealed the identities of covert agents for the United States around the world, whether it be NSA operatives or CIA operatives or whatever. She put lives at risk with what she did. She put lives at risk uh Repeatedly by uh, look, this, the, it isn't just like an email server, right? Like you know that a, any random thing is going on. There's really highly sensitive sensitive information that's passing over that. The FBI director, when he said it was extremely careless what she did, um, uh, you know, in, in essentially admitting that she broke the law, but they wasn't going to pursue the charges for political purposes because we all know that Loretta Lynch would never do it. Um, but ultimately, we know that Hillary Clinton jeopardized not just our national security, but that when you jeopardize national security, you're jeopardizing people's lives in the process. So the information that she was passing along on this unsecured server that that the Russians had access to, and who knows who else, if anybody could, you know, the, any hacker in the world could get in there um, uh, because it was so insecure. Uh, the, the the classified information that she was passing along, and then the information that eventually would become classified that wouldn't have been jeopardized if she was followed State Department procedures and she's she did protect the information there would be a lot of people 
uh, who wouldn't be at risk today. We, uh, you know, I, I question how many people are dead because of Hillary Clinton's carelessness. Yeah. I really want to know. And yeah. I think the media, that's another one where the media has com- uh, a complete double standard if this were a Republican. I mean, this this makes the Valerie Plame scandal, which the media went nuts they over. They went berserk. They had that Naomi Watts playing her in a movie. Good grief. You this know, we is, got Scooter, Scooter Libby in the pokey. Did this. What's that? Right. That's peanuts compared to this. That's peanuts compared to this. There's yeah. nothing. Which she, she jeopardized the lives of so many people all throughout our national security infrastructure. That's why a lot of these guys, even though they're not out there speaking out against her publicly because they can't because that's their job, they have to protect the country. Um, that, you know, you talk to these people off the record throughout, their, throughout that community, the, the, the national security community, uh, the intelligence community, they, they really don't want Hillary Clinton to win the election. Well, apparently, Tom, apparently, well, apparently Hayden and Tom Ridge and all these other bozos want her, which really makes their own sanity. Somebody needs to check their medical records because if they're if they feel more comfortable with her after everything that she's done with these emails if they feel more comfortable with her as the commander-in-chief and the head of our national security they literally are off their rockers uh, in the last 30 uh two minutes to go here you got a, a, an election night update for us on the paul nayland race uh, we're still waiting for results to come in, so we should hear in a couple of minutes uh, where where things stand. But again, the the key narrative here is is that Speaker Ryan has been forced to admit that he has a problem with his agenda, and he's been forced to uh, to basically to his knees by this nationalist populist agenda that's seen the rise of Trump among many other things around the around the country and around the world. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it, Matthew Boyle from Breitbart. Everybody. <laughs> All right, sweetie. Have a good night. Okay. Well, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to shift gears back over to a little economics. I can't do it, like, all in a straight shot because people people don't – you know, for some reason, economics isn't sexy, but you know what is sexy? Having money and be a thriving economy on the world stage. Hey, this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. Don't change that dial. Am I gonna fit in? Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Hi, my name is Kalyan Pokola, and I'm the owner and founder of Pokola Law. My law firm separates itself from the pack by catering exclusively to small business owners and providing them with that personal touch that they deserve. When you call me, you get me, not an associate or a secretary, just me. From incorporating your business to drafting contracts, helping you bring on a partner or two, trademarking and copywriting your work, and even litigation if it's absolutely necessary to protect your business's interests, Pokola Law can be your one-stop shop for all of your small business's legal needs. Schedule your initial consultation today and mention that you heard me on AM 1170, and I'll credit our first meeting toward any legal work we've discussed. You can reach me by phone at 844-695-1487 or at pokalalaw.com. P-O-K-A-L-A law.com. The information contained herein is for information purposes only and should not be misconstrued as legal advice on any subject matter and does not create an attorney-client relationship. For your consultation, call 844-695-1487 or visit pokalalaw.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 52 Freeway eastbound at the summit between Santo and Mast. There is a stall reported. Highway Patrol's been on scene for a little bit of time. Clearing stages, but do watch out for possible extra crowding there. And 15 southbound at Claremont Mesa, an accident a little bit earlier. That's still right side of the freeway on the shoulder. San Diego's only live a local morning talk show. Mark Larson, morning 6 to 9. I'm Richard Turnage on AM 1170, The Answer. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Oh, yeah. 
That's right. One, two, three into the boat. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the dope. So Ashley eating Snoop and Dr. Dre at the dope. Ashley's my man, El Arius at the dope. You've graduated, baby. I used to call you my Spicoli of taxes. Now you're like the G thing. Because you're the si- G thing. You're the G Give thing. Me a break. That's what, what is that, that song is. It's about it's about being a gangster. You know, you're you're the you're the OG, man. You're the OG of taxes. Okay. You are silky smooth. And I'm glad to have you here because this is a huge week of which uh, Trump took a turn, supposedly going to be more presidential and stop the personal attacks and get into some economic policy. And he laid out uh, what many people thought was a masterful plan yesterday in his economics, with the cornerstone of which was taxes. So that's why I'm happy to have you here, because I want to get your impression. I don't know if you had a chance to listen, listen to the speech. Really simple, slightly changed from what his original plan was. Three tax brackets. 12, 25, and 33%. Of course, he says that the poorest of the poor Americans will pay no taxes at all, so that's really not a change. He says corporate taxes uh, for corporations, which we currently are the highest, have the highest corporate tax rate in the world. It's one reason why businesses are leaving here in droves. He wants to bring them back, 15%. No death tax, the repeal of the death tax. And uh, write-offs for child care expenses. So when you hear this as a tax plan, understanding the fact of where we are as a country that we have not, we are, we are so anemic. I guess technically we're not in a recession, which means we're losing ground. We're, we're limping along only do nothing with Obama's doing anything to help the economy. But if we're been limping along at 1%, that's only just because we're America, you know, the land of entrepreneurs and hard workers. But what's your reaction to his tax plan? First of all. I'm here to comment on taxes, but mm-hmm. the most significant suggestion has to do with regulation. Mm-hmm. That, okay. that will have the greatest impact if we get rid of all these strangling regulations that severely affect small business. It will have the biggest effect on the economy. Help me, help me, help, I agree with you there, uh, and he talked a lot about regulations. He talked about, first, he didn't get into as many specifics as I would like in terms of which regulations, but clearly he spent a lot of time talking about the impact the regulations have on business and how he's going to have each department come back to him with a list of regulations that, first of all, he wanted a moratorium on any new regulations, then he wanted each department to provide regulations, a list of regulations from their department, and uh, that affect business, and he's going to end those. The average American out there, Al, that can't afford to feed their family, they hear that, and it doesn't sound as, as yummy, speaking of food, it doesn't sound as yummy to them as Hillary Clinton talking about how she's going to tax the rich and give them money. Of course not. So you mentioned as number four, uh, the, uh, the the health, what is it now? The child care. care. Child care credits or deductions or like that. That's just for the woman's vote. Yeah, it's pandering. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah. Why, but why isn't Thank that helpful? <laughs> but why isn't that helpful to the middle class? If you've got a middle class family out there that's struggling, helps. of course it helps. Because but, I got to tell but, you, the middle class—that's t- not going to have a huge effect on the economy. What will have the huge effect on the economy is the three brackets, especially if they are at twenty-eight percent or lower. And that'll bring an effective tax rate of about 15% for those who pay a lot of taxes. Mm-hmm. So um, there's, there's a lot to tax policy. And that particular approach 
um, was the approach taken by Reagan in the 86 Act, mm -hmm. and it was wildly successful. Yeah, we had average growth of 4%, which we have not seen now in a long, long time. Now, Hillary Clinton, she has the opposite strategy for America. She's talking about Trump presenting the same old, you know, style, and you talk about Reagan. There's there's some new stuff here. You know, this three simple brackets, that wasn't Reagan. I mean, the It was Reagan. He, you, you, you just don't know that much about the rule. But the, um, I'm not going there. I'm just saying this is sound tax policy, especially the part about dealing with uh, bringing back the trillions of dollars that U.S. entities have overseas. Yeah, he said he was going to do that at 10 percent, tax them at 10 percent, which he said that would encourage them uh, to come back and well, to that's bring their money back. Well, because it will. <laughs> yeah. Well, then tell people why it would. Because you're talking to so many people hear this and their eyes start to glaze over because they hear one of the things yesterday he's talking about inversions. The average American doesn't know what an inversion is. Well, but this isn't going to affect the average American or the small businessman. It affects big business. Business, but the payoff is big because it's trillions of dollars. So the average American is not going to be affected by that. So what is what they are going to be affected, especially the middle class Americans, is the three brackets, especially when the top bracket is such a low rate. Did he did he make a remark about the top rate? Well, the, the top rate, uh, co the corporate rate's 15%. Well, top we rate know is about 30, the corporation. The top rate is 33%, which which uh, is coming down from 39%. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the 33 is a decent benchmark. It's certainly a lot better than 39. Of course, the critics but are arguing. But if we had the 28%, it would be the magic number. And that produced more tax collections, uh, et cetera. So the old... Um, adage about trickle-down doesn't work. It's just false. It does work. Well, well, of course it works. Um, but the the critics are saying a couple of things here. They're saying that um, the 33% is higher than the corporate rate at 15%. And so, again, it's all about demonizing the evil corporations by giving them a better tax rate than the average American out there, although the 33% is not a tax bracket that the average American is going to be is going to be paying. Um, but there still is. I tell you what's different about this versus, you know, uh, versus the Reagan and, and other you know, administrations in the past is as I've done my taxes over the years and worked with tax individuals, because I had all these other write-off opportunities, I didn't have just three different categories to pick from. My my rate varied depending on what I had in terms of my net taxable income based upon how many deductions and things that I had. So I guess that now the plan is you're only going to have one write-off, you're not uh, the, the child care, and you're not going to have any. I didn't really hear, I'm not really sure I understand what this means for the average salesperson like me out there who had a million different deductions every year to bring it down and pay less at the end of the year. No, you, you paid at uh, higher rates. So this is, this doesn't affect all of the deductions. Okay. Okay. It only affects the rates. Right. So, so it's not a flat tax. He wasn't talking, no. And he wasn't talking about uh, the loopholes, apparently. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... We'll, we'll just, if we took this at face value, we would have the same loopholes that we have now, but we would have lower rates. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, it's going to take more work. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much can you discuss in that type of a, of a uh, speech? Right. And as a matter of policy, he, he did keep repeating that he was going to be filling in the open issues that these ideas create. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how much filling in. But, you know, he's way ahead of Hillary. What, sh what she's talking about is raising all those taxes mm -hmm. is going to be a damper on the economy big time. She's not just talking about raising taxes, and I think you've actually got an article that I, that I asked you to read from Gerard Lamero there, where, where if you can read to me what she's talking about, raising, I think, 375% uh, on taxes on, on uh, large corporations on top of adding in regulations. So basically, she's doubling down on the same policies that Obama's had in play for seven and a half years that have done nothing. No, uh, no, she's, what, she's created new taxes. So, um, I mean... It's just a tax and spend uh, approach, and that's uh, not going to be creating growth. The government by itself cannot cr create growth. It can assist in growth, but growth really comes from small business. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, uh, exponentially more small businesses than we have big business but, mm -hmm. but big business is a giant pot for big government mm -hmm. and they that's can, why so can, many on wall can. street that's why so many on wall street support hillary <laughs> quite frankly because when they're when they're too big to fail that's when you've got everybody from w of uh, people from the left and the right saying oh my gosh we can't let this big corporation fail it's you know so actually uh, big corporations are oftentimes in in bed because they've got in bed with the left because they've got the loopholes you know, oh, it's the small gone. business. Yeah, it's the small business owner, you know, and many of those I disagree with you before I got to let you go. Many of those small business, these ch these child care write offs. We've got so many small business owners that are sole proprietors that are actually, you know, that's going to help them a lot. Or maybe they're people like me used to work in corporate, you know, uh, America to where every write off you can get does absolutely help. Those it helps you. Those are insignificant. Well, it depends they, on whether they, they sell politically. They're insignificant. You look at the amount of taxes saved from those write-offs, they're minimal. It depends on whether you're viewing the tax plan as something that's going to be an engine of growth or where only, or whether it's also going to be something that's going to be more helpful to the American people. I can tell you, when you're out there as a family and you're struggling to, every, to, to feed your family, struggling to save money, to put them through college or whatever, every dime that you can keep matters. It of matters course, out. Of course, it matters. We're talking about policy. Right. This has an insignificant effect. But what has giant effect are the three brackets and the other characteristics that were suggested by Trump. Mm -hmm. And what is a damper across the board is what uh, Hillary is suggesting, mm -hmm. because she's bringing in new taxes. Uh, she wants to tax commodities that she doesn't favor. It's all about winners and losers. It's and about them picking winners and, and losers. And she's picking the winners. Mm -hmm. And of course, she's going to be picking winners that are helpful to her Clinton Foundation. <laughs> she and nobody who's doing to the Clinton Foundation has to worry about being picked as a loser, right? Right, Al? <laughs> 
Yeah. Yes. All right. Now you, I know that that you've got a strategy for everybody out there, regardless of wh- who ends up winning, right? You've got a strategy that's a year-round game that you're playing to protect people and your clients, right? Regardless of who wins. That's right. Correcto. Cor- ooh. <laughs> the OG. This is the second time I said. I know. That. <laughs> <laughs> Al Arias, everybody. Aviarius and Company. Thanks for being here. All right. I love me some Al. He's so silky smooth. You know what's smooth, though? I don't, I don't know. Not much of a good transition here. Hey, you know what I forgot? I forgot to congratulate you Californians on, and I hope you're appreciating, Muslim Appreciation and Awareness Month. Did you know about this, DJ Carrot Sticks? No, I didn't. Yeah, well, it seems that in in an effort to counter the biggest problem that we're facing in in terms of the war on terror, I guess, is the anti-Muslim sentiment. Yeah. Um, I guess Californians in the state legislature, it was initially started, the, the resolution was introduced by Bill Kirk in a Democrat in Hayward, but it actually had... Uh, what, six or seven San Diego assembly members, including Republican Rocky Chavez, sign on to this resolution because they just felt that it was really important. And who was a partner with them in this? The Council for American Islamic Relations Care, which is a front group for the, for the Muslim Brotherhood, who partners with Hezbollah and Hamas, killing Jews. What do they do with Hezbollah and Hamas? They strap suicide bombs onto people and kill Jews and kill Americans and kill Christians and kill anybody that's the infidel. That's who... The state legislator of California partnered with in order to uh, part of what they said in their resolution was, whereas the United States benefits greatly from the expertise, patriotism and humanitarianism of Muslim Americans, whereas although the majority of Muslim Americans within California throughout the nation strive to promote peace and understanding between all faiths. Because, see, isn't that exactly how I think of all, all of um, the refugees and the Muslims over here? Like the father of the Orlando shooter, who at the day after went on a Pakistani TV or somewhere and said he was disappointed that his son chose to do that act of terror during Ramadan, that it was really up to God to handle and punish the gays, right? Anyway, um, but the, back to this resolution. That they promote peace uh, between all faiths, identities, and nationalities while upholding these values and principles that define the American people. They have nonetheless been forced to endure harassment, assault, and discrimination since the terrorist attack on September 9-11. This is where we're at. Republicans on board with this. The Muslims now are the victims after 9-11. This is crazy. This is insane. I mean, it's kind of comical in a sense that, you know, nobody bothered to check with this, uh, the father of the Orlando shooter sitting behind Hillary at a rally. They're acting like once it became revealed that this guy is, you know, like most of of Afghani Taliban Sharia loving Muslims, 60% of American Muslims say that they want Sharia here in the States. That's who they're celebrating here. This is nothing but lies and propaganda. These California assembly people that have partnered with CARE to do this. This is about tyranny. This is about oppression. This is about kowtowing to bullies. They want to take us over from within. They want to replace the Constitution with Sharia. And we've got Republicans and Democrats going along with it. Where's the White America Appreciation Day? 
We're going to take a break. We come back. I'm going to get into a little appreciation for my consumers. We've got my weekly AK Goes to Bat for You consumer advocate segment. It actually kind of ties into Trump's speech as well, in which he talked about home ownership. So stay tuned because I've got some information you can use right here on the Andrea K Show. I'm talking to Julie Mills Brennan about real estate on the other side of the break. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Hi, my name is Colin Polkala, and I'm the owner and founder of Polkala Law. My law firm separates itself from the pack by catering exclusively to small business owners and providing them with that personal touch that they deserve. When you call me, you get me, not an associate or a secretary, just me. From incorporating your business to drafting contracts, helping you bring on a partner or two, trademarking and copywriting your work, and even litigation if it's absolutely necessary to protect your business's interests, Polkala Law can be your one-stop shop for all of your small business's legal needs. Schedule your initial consultation today and mention that you heard me on AM 1170, and I'll credit our first meeting toward any legal work we've discussed. You can reach me by phone at 844-695-1487 or at pokalalaw.com. P-O-K-A-L-A law.com. The information contained herein is for information purposes only and should not be misconstrued as legal advice on any subject matter and does not create an attorney-client relationship. For your consultation, call 844-695-1487 or visit pokalalaw.com. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. I hopped up the plane at LAX with the dream my cardigan. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me today. And I'm super glad to have the one and only Julie Mills Brennan here with me talking real estate. We should probably call, I don't know, we need to come with like a clever name for this segment. Um, I love anything related to real estate. It's it's one of the most important sectors to our economy. So I was really glad that Trump mentioned it in his economic speech. He actually said, Julie, he said that home ownership is at the lowest levels that it's been since 1965. And when he said that, that's one of the things that jumped out in the speech to me because I thought I'm here in the here in San Diego at least it's really tight that there's not a whole lot of inventory it's a seller's market everything is awesome so I got to thinking does that reflect what's happening in the San Diego market what's behind that statement because you know I thought the bubble getting burst was from the mindset of everybody should own a home as though you're entitled to own a home that's a part of you've got a right to that like you've got a right to health care And, you know, it made me a little nervous because I don't really know if we need to be going down the road of telling everybody that they have the right to own a home. So my question is, does that statement about home ownership levels being uh, as bad as they are, does that represent San Diego? And if so, how do you help people get into a home? Okay, well, the statistics are that from the peak when when everything was crazy and you just have to be able to breathe and uh, have a pen in your hand, yeah, <laughs> you could buy a home. So nowadays, um, and so back then, it was about sixty two percent home ownership in San Diego. Okay. Now we're looking at around fifty percent, which mm. is you know it's down. It is definitely down, and that's because you know things definitely tightened up after the whole meltdown. But um, you know, I mean, I don't know fifty percent. I mean, I that's what's going on here today, and. You know, there's a lot of people that are getting into homes because they're they are. I feel like the loan programs are definitely getting a little bit more lax every okay. year. It seems to get a little bit more lax with with you know getting people in again since 
I guess it's it's known that it's down. So um, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm seeing a lot of first time buyers myself. So okay, I, I don't it doesn't really affect me necessarily. So when you say that things are getting a little bit more lax, it seemed to me that it's like you said before that <clears throat> before the the bubble burst, it was if you had a heartbeat and you had a pen, you could get a home, and that was by design. We had politicians going around and saying everybody should own a home. We had going back to the Jimmy Carter years, we actually had legislation that actually involved going around to lending institutions and pressuring them to to loan you know, to do home loans to people that they know had no capacity to, to, to pay back just because a politician, and this was both sides of the aisle. I remember President Bush did this, you know, because, you know, they wanted to brag about home ownership being higher. So then it all burst. People couldn't afford the homes. We had foreclosures everywhere, short sales going on. Then it seems like it was an overcorrection to where nobody could get loans, especially even in the jumbo market. Um, so things got too tight. So I I don't know if they're getting more lax is a good thing or if it's a sign that we're starting to get back into that, you know, pushing people into homes they can't afford. When you, so when you say they're getting lax, is it in a good way or are we starting to create another bubble? I think they're being a little more cautious this time. I mean, I definitely see that. I mean, there's no, there's, there is some stated income programs, but not very many of them, but there I'm seeing that there is definitely things have gotten a little looser, but I'm not saying that it was like it was. It's certainly not. And I'm hoping that it won't get that way because we all know that's not going to be a good outcome. Mm -hmm. So my thought is, is I, I think that they're, they're trying to make it a little bit more easier. Just as the years that go by, I mean, there's a little bit, you know, a little bit lower credit score that you can have a little another new program that comes out that that appeals to the first timers. And I don't necessarily think it's a great thing, but I know they've gone slow and I'm not quite sure what's going to happen after this. It's be interesting. Well, I'm confused about the 50 percent number, which I believe um, you're an expert in the industry because we had all these foreclosures out there and all these homes that were abandoned. We had all these projects that were left abandoned. We've got um, people that want to get into homes if we had all these homes because we were at 65 percent then we had all these homes that were vacant because of foreclosures how could we only be at 50 percent and still have a, a lack of supply i don't know if i'm framing that question right i see what you're saying you know that's a good question um who knows what? I mean, it could be that multiple people are owning several different properties. I mean, that that, that investors bought yeah, up a lot of the exactly. foreclosure homes. That's exactly what I'm thinking happened. I think you're right. And there's just less people owning homes, but yet more people owning multiple homes. Right. That's got to be the what the way the way it rolls down. Because you're exactly right. There's the inventory is still the same. Right. So since 2008, you say you've got programs to help people get into homes. Is there hope out there for people that lost their home in foreclosure at the time when the bubble burst, or they Absolutely. had to sell on a short sale and now they've got a little money in their pocket, but they're worried about whether or not they're going to get qualified. They got the money for the down or whatever. Can you help people that had to let their property go at that point and want to get back into it? Absolutely. If they did a short sale, I should be able to get them into something within two to three years. If they did a full on foreclosure, typically and with a bankruptcy, typically that's about seven years. Well, but so, it's been almost that long now in yeah, some ways, yeah. right? So I mean, I'm seeing a lot. A lot of my my clients actually lost their homes that I'm, okay. I'm helping right now. They, okay. you know, they know that they're, they can get back in the market and they want to. 
Okay. Um, you last time you were on, I think you talked about how you actually work some magic. You got somebody in a home for like a thousand dollars, and I said to people afterwards, "Don't be contacting Julie. Everybody expecting you're going to be able to get into home for a thousand dollars." But you do have there are grants and ways to help people out there because we are in a situation where maybe only fifty percent are home ownership in San Diego. There's a lot of people who want to get into a home, but it's it is a seller's market. It is, still and a we don't have market. we don't have incomes going up right now to make up the difference for the fact that prices are going back up, but incomes aren't. How do you help people? Well, the, the good, the only saving grace of this is that you're right. In, uh, the housing market's gone up a lot, but guess what? The interest rates just got lowered again. Ooh. So, you know, it's I, I, we're getting 3.25, 3.5 for a fixed rate. I mean, that, that's incredible. Right. So that's helping people get in, even though the prices are high. Because if you think about it, if the prices were really low, but the interest rate was up at 7, 8 percent, it'd be the same situation. I remember so, my parents buying a house in the 80s in Louisiana at 20-something percent yep, mine interest. Too. It was yep. like a credit card. Yep. It was 19% right? back back when my parents were buying a house as well. How so. do people get a hold of you? 619-992-7113. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to help. Thanks so much. And um, social media? Social media. Uh, Julie Mills at uh, Facebook. Uh, Julie Sells at Facebook. Awesome. Thanks for being here. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. Have a great day. I just love real estate. I mean, to use a very crude expression, it's my porn. I am like addicted to every real estate show on HGTV. My latest obsession is uh, Tiny House Hunters because, you know, I think maybe at some point I'd love to maybe like it's like it'd be like a cool version of an RV. But I I, but I got to thinking about why am I obsessed so particularly with that show? And I think it's because it's kind of the kid in me. I always wanted a playhouse like a friends of mine had in the backyard. And this is like a rolling one. Or maybe you got you you want to travel around the country. It's better to do that than an RV. But anyway, I love real estate. I would spend every weekend going to every open house in San Diego if I if I had the free time. That's how that's how much I love it. Um, I usually love the Olympics, but I've really not been as into it this year. I'm having a hard time getting interested in it. And I got to thinking that maybe it's because it's been so ridiculously politicized um, from the fact that Phelps. I think the most decorated Olympian in American history going into the games with 22 medals was picked by his uh, teammates because they're representing the entire nation. He was picked by his teammates to carry the flag at the opening ceremonies. And he was pressured to give it to the hijab wearing, no medal count Muslim uh, woman who's Ibtihaj Muhammad. Gee, I I wonder why they wanted her to have it. Probably for the same reason why Californians are celebrating Muslim Appreciation and Awareness Month. See, this is the next hashtag, DJ Carrot Sticks. It's hashtag Muslim Lives Matter because it's all about dividing us up into identity groups. At least, uh, you know, it's about gender, race, anything that they can divide us up on and make us be the victims so that then they can establish that the Republicans slash white people are the bad guys. And then that will give more power to the Democrats. This is what this is about. In fact, did you even know that there was a refugee team, DJ Carrot State. No, I didn't. Yeah, like what's re- what's re- where, what state are they representing? Who's the refugee state? And where did where did these people? If they, if you're a refugee, how you got the money and the food and the training I mean, to get? Where do they train? Yeah, where do they train? And how do you get? If you're such a sad refugee, how can you get in such shape <laughs> that you're able to compete on the international level? I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's as, the propaganda on the Olympics is as rancid as the water that these people are forced to compete in. OK, in fact, they're my heroes of the week. These the legitimate 
athletes of America that train, that sacrifice their lives on a dream to go and represent this country and stand at the top of the, the podium with a gold medal around their neck. It used to really mean the national pride that we used to have, where we were not divided. We were one nation. There been there were some hiccups along the way, but primarily we came together as a nation in the Olympics. It didn't matter whether somebody came from San Diego or South Carolina or what the color they were or whatever. They were representing us and we were proud of it. And the politics were left out of it. Shame on the U.S. Olympic and anybody in, involved in this because I don't know who was behind it. My heroes are the, are the athletes. Number two, come runner up is Paul Nalen because he did bust Ryan's chops and force Ryan to abandon the TPP. My last week's fool this week's tool award goes it's a collective award thanks to connie powers for her recommending this because i'm absolutely agreeing with her it's the what's called another facebook friend of mine dubbed the bergdahl republicans 50 senior aides as well as people like uh, susan collins and meg whitman who all decided that they just couldn't vote for trump because what he said in part it's because what he said is worse than i guess what hillary did in benghazi they just all don't think that she you know that that he just has the whatever temperament or whatever excuse ridiculousness that they're coming up with do not support trump it's like a friend of mine said you know i'm refusing to fight the he called them bergdahl republicans because he says they're refusing to fight the enemy because they don't like their commander Shame on every one of you. You're all traitors. Not one of you is a real Republican or conservative. Thank you for showing everybody who you are. And thank you all for joining me right here on the Andrea K Show every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Thank you, DJ Carrot Sticks, my guest tonight. Thank you all. Next week. Have a great week, everybody. This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group.